aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. Tim Ford. Tonight's the night. We'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. I've got a lot of other things that I'd like to do. Uh, outside of driving this race car 40 times a year. I'll research my competition a little bit, see how fast they are in some of the previous races, kind of size myself up and see, um, see where I think I can finish. NASCAR Live is presented by Procore Construction Management Software. Reduce rework and finish jobs faster with Procore. And brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network Studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. So glad you're with us. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. We've got lots to chat about and discuss. Landon Castle is going to be on the show today. He's going to talk with our Steve Post about training for his half Ironman in France. That's coming up this weekend. That is something that is spectacular. Takes a lot of effort. Landon is the man for it, and he'll be doing it this weekend Overseas, the postman to Landon coming up on the show. David Reagan chatted with Kyle Ricky about announcing his retirement. Of course, David making that announcement heading into Bristol. He and Kyle Ricky will chat about that and a whole lot more. Cup Series is off this weekend. We've got a look at the last two races of the regular season and where everyone stands. Steve Letard of NBC Sports is going to join us. We'll have that and a whole lot more. But first, Kim Kuhn brings us to green and gives us all the trending topics in NASCAR Nation. Kim, what do you have for us? It was a tough start to the weekend for NASCAR fans Thursday in Bristol as news started to spread about a plane crash in nearby Elizabethton. Dale Earnhardt Jr.'s plane, which was carrying him, his wife Amy, their daughter Isla, two pilots, and their dog Gus, skidded off the runway and caught fire. Everyone escaped the plane crash with no serious injuries, but it was a scary moment. Junior tweeted out a statement on Monday night thanking the first responders and said the family will not speculate on what happened until the FAA finishes their investigation. The incident sparked a conversation in Bristol about private aviation because it's so common in NASCAR. Brad Keselowski had this to say. It's, uh, it's tough because, you know, to, to do the things that we want to do to really make the most of this sport, we rely on private aviation. And, you know, when those things happen, they get a lot of headlines, you know, but uh, and rightfully so. You're trying to balance work-life balance. That's the reality of it. That's really hard to explain to people. And it's very hard to explain to your wife and daughter when you miss something that's really special to them. So, you know, private aviation is a, a great way for us to try to fill those gaps. You know, it might get a black eye because of that, but, it, you know, it's something that I'm really passionate about and very thankful for. 
Family is important, and thankfully, Dale Jr. is safe with his family today. Denny Hamlin passed Matt DiBenedetto with 11 laps to go to win the Bristol Night Race Saturday. While Hamlin was excited with the victory, he felt terrible for DiBenedetto, who was told earlier in the week he would not be returning to Levine Family Racing next season. It is a tough business at, at times, uh, but you know Matt is doing a phenomenal job of, of, of showing his resume in front of everyone. And so he doesn't need to type it out. He's going out there and performing, and he will land... Uh, as good or better on his feet. I'm certain of it. It's just there's a lot of people that believe in Matt, and yes, he's been clawing and clawing these last few years, um, but you would also argue and say he's he's gotten better and he's gotten better rides year after year. So I would hope that that trend would continue next year. Benedetto was extremely emotional following his second place finish at Bristol, the best of his career. We tried, we gave it everything we had. This team gave it everything they had. It's, uh, I've been an emotional back, basket case here the last little bit, I'm not going to lie. I hope I've gotten it together in the last few minutes, but uh, God, I, I wanted it so bad. We're so close. Um, after the damage with Newman there, uh, trying to get around him, I got tight. Um, it flipped a switch and I got too tight. Denny was strong. I thought before that I, I, I could hold him off. But uh, after that, I could tighten them. But man, I just am thankful for this team. I want everybody to be thankful for my team and Toyota and uh, all my sponsors. You know, Procore, Dumont Jets, and Estee Water Spray Equipment. Those are, I'm think, without them, I wouldn't have been able to have this performance. I wanted to win, but it's coming. In other news, David Reagan announced he will step away from full time cup racing following the 2019 season. Reagan currently drives for Front Row Motorsports. I feel at peace with my career. I feel at peace with the effort that I've put in. And, you know, if my kids were a couple of years old or, or just married or something, we wouldn't even be having this discussion. Our Kyle Ricky will chat with David coming up. As a reminder, the Cup Series is off this weekend. Next week, though, they head to Darlington Raceway for the Bojangles Southern 500. It will also be Bojangles Race Week on MRN. Head to Bojangles for a Cajun filet biscuit with their new pimento cheese. I'm Kim Kuhn. For more on what's trending in NASCAR Nation, visit our social media channels at MRN Radio. And for the latest news, visit MRN.com. Thanks, Kim. Coming up, David Reagan chats with Kyle Ricky and later... It's a road course-filled weekend for the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series and the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Welcome back to Sports View. Today's topic, who deserves to win big this season? My two cents, good drivers. I mean, that's why there's Snapshot from Progressive. Let's go to Rick for some confusing metaphors. Look, if you put a classically trained cellist in a garage band and you tell him to play for Layman Young, I guarantee you the meat on that burrito ain't gonna light the candle. Thanks for clarifying, Rick. If you're a good driver, there's no other way to say it. You deserve discounts with Snapshot. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. David Reagan talks about his decision to retire after the 2019 season next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. 
It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. This is our house, the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and it's packed full of classic and present-day cars, including Petties, Earnhardts, and Waltrips, as well as interactive experiences, realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. MRN's Classic Races. Labonte gets crossed up. Labonte goes around. Dale Earnhardt now watches. Labonte spun across the line and got the win. Spanning 50 years of NASCAR racing. Barney Hall. There's a beautiful afternoon here in Daytona Beach. And the action will be fast and furious. Legendary voices. Legendary races. Daryl, simply, what happened? I just hope he chokes on that 200000 That's all I can tell you. MRN's Classic Races. Available on MRN.com, iTunes, and your favorite podcast providers. He did, he did touch. No, he knocked the hell out of me. Whelan would like to congratulate Denny Hamlin and his number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Pit Crew on their victory at Bristol Motor Speedway this Saturday night. They are the Whelan Trusted to Perform Pit Crew of the Week. Hamlin and his team fought their way back from two laps down by making adjustments throughout the race. You know, it used to be, I would say, early in my career that it was like, you know, I just can't wait to get to the short tracks. But now I just can't wait to get to a racetrack in general. Uh, we can win. It doesn't matter if it's a road course or a short track or a super speedway or anywhere. We just can win every single week. And really for the last two months, it's just been incredible uh, that uh, the adjustments we've made as the season's gone on and just keep getting better. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, and trusted to perform. Now, back to your host, Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Last week, David Reagan announced that 2019 will be his final year racing full-time. In the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, he's been in the top level of NASCAR since 2007. And as he tells Kyle Ricky, it just feels like the time is right for him to step aside. All right, Mike, able to catch up with David Reagan here, part of the Bristol Race Weekend. A, a bittersweet weekend for you going short track racing here in a little bit, but also a weekend in which you've announced your, I guess, retirement from full-time competition anyway. Why the announcement? Why now for, for you? Yeah, I mean, I felt like the timing was right. Uh, this is my 13th year in the Cup Series. I've had a lot of fun, a lot of great memories. Uh, I wish I could have won a few more races, but at the end of the day, you know, the race wins and, and the championships or the polls or, you know, all the, the accomplishments, that's ultimately what uh, is is great to strive for, and that was important and still is important for anybody's career, but that's not what defines me, and I feel like that I've got a lot of other things that I'd like to do uh, outside of driving this race car 40 times a year, and that's spending time with my family and spending time with my wife, and uh, that, that's very important for me. So when I, I really looked at the, uh, the, the check marks for staying involved and, and continuing to make that sacrifice and stay racing. And I looked at the check marks for the things that I could do with my kids, with my wife, uh, being at home a little bit more, having a little bit more control of my schedule. It just kind of won out. So, uh, yeah, I thought about it a lot, prayed about it some. Jacqueline and I uh, came to the conclusion that the timing was right. And I still want to race some. I'm not going to uh, turn my back on the sport and, and never be seen again. But uh, I just want to stay home a little more. 
And you've mentioned a couple of different series that you maybe want to try already this weekend. Where could we see you pop up here down the road? Well, I have no plans today, but I, I would like to run the Daytona 24 hours uh, at some point, uh, maybe some other Grand Am racing. I think that's a lot of fun. I've enjoyed the road courses in the Cup Series. I don't have a, a lot of experience road racing, so that would be a fun and, and a unique challenge. Uh, I, I want to go to Eldora and run the truck race. That's been kind of a bucket list thing for me. And then just some major, uh, you know, short track races around the country. Uh, I had a late model car that I raced a lot over the past uh, seven or eight years, and that slowed down some in the last couple as my kids got here. So uh, I would love to go back and run the Snowball Derby, uh, go up north and run a couple of big races. So uh, that that would uh, would be a lot of fun as well. So just kind of see what, what shakes out. Uh, I'll be around and, and be available and, and start working on some of that probably later on this year. So if you're contending for race wins roughly every week or running for a a championship or one of the 16 spots is this decision tougher it's it's definitely tougher but i think it's still the same thing uh it, it would definitely be a lot harder uh going into the playoffs or having a chance to win a few more races but at the end of the day like i said a couple more race wins uh and that's what what uh, i really thought about if i were to stay in the sport and you make some more money the next three years i i win a race you know maybe i get some more top fives top tens finishing the top you know 15 or 20 in points really continue to grow front row motorsports those would be huge accomplishments but would that really change my life any and I don't, I don't think it would from a personal standpoint. So, you know, I've made my impact here uh, in the garage, and I've done uh, some, some neat things. I've had a lot of fun, but I think the decision would, would still be the same. Best of luck to you. Thanks for all the time over all, this, all the years that we've been chatting, and uh, we're looking forward to see you down the road. Yeah, we'll be around, and uh, I may come and hang out with you guys some. I'm on up to the broadcast booth anytime. All right, thank you. No doubt he will be missed in the garage by everyone. Coming up, we'll look at some crazy moments from Canadian Tire Motorsport Park as the Truck Series heads there this weekend with the NASCAR Xfinity Series racing in Road America. A preview of that on the way as well. Plus later, Landon Castle stops by. I have big news. That Bojangles is now adding melty cheddar pimento cheese to their Cajun filet biscuit? Uh, yeah. Bojangles made the perfect biscuit even perfecter. How did you know? You're eating one right now. Mm. Good point. Two southern greats that taste great together. Try Bojangles Cajun Filet Biscuit with our new pimento cheese. Only here for a limited time. Bojangles, it's bow time, y'all. Jeff Gordon has come from virtually nowhere. He's one of NASCAR's all-time greats. For the 93rd time in his career. A pioneering champion. Be at the right place at the right time. The kid who took on the good old boys and changed NASCAR. We started to go toe-to-toe from Earnhardt. MRN presents a 10-part podcast series that traces Jeff Gordon's rise to NASCAR legend. Jeff Gordon, the colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. Available now at MRN.com and your favorite podcast source. We preview all the road course racing happening this weekend at Road America and Canadian Tire Motorsport Park next. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Hey guys, Corley Joy. Join me and my friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Ma on the Sunday Money Podcast. As we talk racing. What happened in California? Like, what does that, you know? Like yeah, they all sat in a pit road waiting for one guy to be the sacrificial lamb and none of, nobody wanted to do it. And just life. Did you fall in love on TV? No, definitely not. I could not. Plus, you never know who might stop by. Young Ryan Blaine is here with something in his hand. I brought you our script because you guys are like our show, so. It's Sunday Money on MRN.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Since 1942, 
Freightliner has been an industry innovator, developing trucks renowned for their dependability and efficiency. Whether your job requires a dump truck, a concrete mixer, or a delivery truck, you can count on Freightliner to maximize your productivity with a wide range of horsepower and torque rating that meet even the most demanding job conditions. Freightliner trucks are built to build your business. Learn more at Freightliner.com. Freightliner, work smart. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. It is indeed a road course-filled weekend. The Gander Outdoors Truck Series headed north of the border to Canadian Tire Motorsport Park. And the NASCAR Xfinity Series tackling Road America in Wisconsin. There have been some wild finishes at Canadian Tire. We asked some of the drivers why they think going over the border ramps up the aggression. And Demacek puts Cole Custer to the wall. They both stay on the throttle and at the strike. It looked like John Hunter Nemechek. Cole Custer is making his way on the track, chasing John Hunter Nemechek. He tackles him right at the end of the start-finish line. Drivers are scrambling around, crews jumping in, trying to take care of it. It's, uh, it's crazy, the, 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 the quick right, left, right, you know, coming to the start-finish line allows the guy in second to just kind of really line up the leader and uh, and knock him out of the way. You know, it gives you that chance. And if you didn't get him in the first one, you got a second chance. And by the third time, you know, I think everybody's eyeballs get, you know, really, really big. And they say, oh, my God, here's my shot. And then it goes crazy. Stuart Friesen receives the checkered flag. Um, which has been exciting. Uh, and, it, and it's wild. And, and um, you know, all the great Canadian race fans that will be there uh, to support us. And it, it's so cool to go home. I grew up only about an hour and a half away from from Bowmanville. Chastain, the race leader. Yeah, it must be something in the water up there, right? <laughs> all that Tim Hortons they're drinking. I think I think we go up there and we overload on Tim Hortons. You remember that race, I believe. Well, I don't remember. It might have been 2014. I believe it was Ryan Blaney and Herman Kuroga. Ryan Blaney leads. Kuroga there. Kuroga to the driver's right. Blaney puts the block on. I was spotting in turn two for Blaney that day. And that was the only time that two trucks ever finished without touching each other coming to the line, swapping the position. Herman had the lead in the final corner. Messed up a little bit. Kiroga makes the pass. He's got the lead. Off turn 10. Here comes Blaney again. Charging up to the inside. Side by side across the line. And Ryan Blaney comes back to get the victory. And there wasn't a scratch on either truck. All I said was good luck. And at the end, I said clear. And that was it. I mean, I barely said anything all day. But um, it, it does put it all in perspective, the fact that I've been up there with no job. no, I had no no race car driving duties at that time. Like, I was, I had just gotten fired, and I hadn't found anything else yet. So For the miracle win for the farmer from Florida, Ross Chastain. It's pretty humbling, to actually, to think back about that now. And then now, fast forward to now, and think we're going to go up there with a chance to, A, win the race, which is absolutely incredible, but we're building towards a championship. Like, that's really cool. Matt Crafton around the outside. I think the, I think a lot of the drivers, a lot of people, like when we cross the border, we leave our brains <laughs> in the U.S. and we decide to run all over each other. <laughs> and I, I've been and I've been to some of the Canadian, not just the Canadian Motorsport Park. I went and raced uh, a late model mm -hmm. up in Canada three years in a row. I raced it four years, and they, they literally every one of the races I've ever been to, they race. And then they get out and fight. It's it is it is the most amazing thing to watch. And they have great racing up there, great fans, 
And then it's like, okay, who's going to fight now? I mean, that every year. <laughs> it's like hockey. And it's a lot of those guys, I guess, they used to play hockey or something. They say, okay, well, I didn't win tonight, and this guy ticked me off. I'm going to go fight now. Ty Dillon with the lead. Chase Elliott all over the tailgate. He gets into Dillon. He turns Dillon off turn number 10. Elliott moves by. Chase Elliott will take the checkered flag. I think what makes it so interesting is... As a, as a leader at a road course, it's really hard to keep pace. And the reigning series champion, Brett Moffin, fighting off the teenager in turn one. Because the guys behind you, whenever you break, they're just going to go a truck length further. But here's the battle for the lead. It is Austin Cedric. He gets into the back end of Grella. He sends him wide in turn number 5C. And they're going to gain on you on corner entry. And when you're in the lead of the race and try not to overdrive it so you don't make a mistake, you tend to tend to underdrive it and let the guy catch you, which is why I think we keep seeing all those last lap wrecks and and whatnot. But um, so the biggest thing is, I mean, if if they're gonna wreck, I hope I'm third. But if not, I hope I'm leading by enough to where you know someone can't catch me, or it's someone behind me that has a little more respect and is not just gonna you know wreck me for a win. For your sake and our sake, let's hope we get another crazy finish this weekend. The Xfinity Series isn't leaving the country. They're actually headed to Wisconsin to race at Road America this weekend. This will be the third road course the Xfinity Series drivers have had in the last four weeks, and some drivers like Christopher Bell are glad to be done with them. Thank God. Well, we were good at Road America last year. I think I qualified in the top five and was going to finish top five until we got wrecked there at the end. So uh, the road course deal has been good to us over the last couple weeks. We've stayed out of trouble and been fairly competitive. So uh, just got to keep that up. While Austin Sendrick has won the two other road courses this season, those being at Watkins Glen in Mid-Ohio, he feels at Road America he's missed opportunities. Yeah, I've actually done that race two times with, with this group, so looking forward to being able to go back and try and put it together. I think we've we've kind of missed out on two shots to win that race in, in the past couple of years, one having a having a tire issue uh, and the other one you know, blowing a motor while you're in the lead. So um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I, I think we have a little bit of unfinished business there, but um, same kind of deal. you got to be, be there at the end. I think those races look a lot different at the end of it, and depending on whether if it's going to be a long run or a short run, you got to be good on restarts. And um, There's a lot of different things you gotta you got to look forward to that track, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, we've been really good so far on the road courses, but uh, like I said, it, it brings different challenges on every racetrack. Bristol winner Tyler Reddick is leaving the strategy to his crew chief and just looking to steer clear of the wrecks. Uh, if you ask me uh, beginning of this year, I just wanted to get through him. You ask Randall Burnett any day, um, he's going to tell you we want to go in there and win those races. But uh, they got good cars. Um, they have a lot of faith in their road course program. If I come in and just do, do what I need to do, keep it on the racetrack and keep ourselves in the top five all day, uh, I know Randall, uh, Burnett, those guys will, will throw in a little bit of strategy if we need to to get ourselves to the lead. You can catch all the road course action this weekend right here on the Motor Racing Network. Saturday, we'll have the SeaTech Manufacturing 180 from Road America, the NASCAR Xfinity Series, and our coverage beginning at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. Then on Sunday, we've got you covered with the Chevrolet Silverado 250 from Canadian Tire Motorsport Park for the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series. Our coverage Sunday begins at 2 p.m. Eastern. Coming up, Landon Castle talks training for his half Ironman this weekend. And later, Steve Letarte joins us in studio. I'm Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry. On race day, you can save a ton of fuel by drafting in the pack, but you'll never win if you don't stay up on the wheel. It's like in the construction business. You can either keep up with the competition or leave them in the dust with the Procore Construction Management Platform. Whether you're a GC, specialty contractor, or owner, Procore's software is built to help your team stay on budget, on schedule, and in control. To learn more, visit Procore.com. 
From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Landon Castle sits down with Steve Post to talk about competing in a half Ironman next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. NASCAR Coast to Coast on MRN.com and Motor Racing Network's Facebook. Join me, Kyle Rickey, and Hannah Newhouse as we talk with the next generation of NASCAR stars and established local and regional racers each Wednesday at 1 Eastern Time. Or subscribe, download, and listen on your favorite podcast provider. NASCAR Coast to Coast. Grassroots NASCAR racing from the Motor Racing Network. You hear it every week. Just want to thank the whole team and uh, all our guys back in Denver. Everybody supports this team. They're the unsung heroes of NASCAR, and their life is the pitch. This is Rocco Williams, and for 10 years, I've jacked up some of the biggest names in auto racing, and now I'm jacked to bring it all down to street level and acquaint you with the guys behind the wall and back at the shop. Join me on MRN Crew Call, presented by Money Lions, every Wednesday on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are found. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. Lots of NASCAR drivers are into staying fit to help them in the race car. And Landon Castle is no exception. He's competing in a half Ironman this weekend in France and stopped by to chat with MRN Steve Post about his training and what competing in a half Ironman is like. Mike, it always fascinates me when we look at the off weekend for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Drivers sometimes just get away, and we never hear from them. Some go race their dirt cars or race elsewhere. We're going to be busy with the Gander Outdoors Truck Series in Canada and the uh, Road America race for the NASCAR Xfinity Series. But when we think about Landon Castle, and he's joined us in studio. Landon, hello. yeah, um, you're not going to be sitting around. What do you have planned <laughs> for the off weekend? I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be... Uh... On my feet, I'll be in the water. <laughs> I'll be riding my bike a little bit. Oh yeah, and you're going to be over to beautiful part of France too, <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, yeah. sounds spectacular. I'm doing a half Ironman oh uh, in Vichy, France, right? Kind of in the middle in the countryside in France. So I'm pretty excited. To bring up to speed, this is a 2.4 mile swim. 1.2 mile swim. Oh, okay. 56 mile bike ride. Oh, 50. Okay, I had I had yep. the full. Okay, 56. This is a half. Yep. And it's yep. a half. Okay, and then yep. the half marathon. So you got a half marathon, 56 mile bike ride, 1.2 mile swim. How tough is it to do all three of those dis uh, all three of those activities? It's pretty tough. I mean, yeah. it takes a lot of a lot of time to build the endurance base, a lot of preparation. I, I really the reason that I that I do long distance triathlon, other than than I think it's fun. I think it helps me behind the wheel of the car. Um, I found that my heart rate in a race car, in, in our NASCAR races, yeah. are about four hours, three to four hours. Um, a half Ironman takes between four and five hours. My heart rate in the race car is actually pretty close to my heart rate during a half Ironman. Okay, yeah. And so I, I, I feel like there's a, a lot of endurance aspects physically mm -hmm. to motorsports and to race car driving. And so it seems like the training translates and, yeah. and the 
uh, aerobic base that you build from race car driving sure. is is kind of a good foundation for long distance training and running and cycling. Yeah, is there one of the three the 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 swimming, the the biking, or the running that is the bigger challenge for you, or tougher to train for, or you've you've got to motivate yourself a little bit more for, yeah. or one you prefer and would? Yeah, I well, I prefer the swim. Um, I really I really like swimming. Okay. Um, I didn't really swim as a kid, but the the bike is something that I probably struggle with. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. you know, I I enjoy I, I enjoy the fitness that comes from cycling. I enjoy the pain from cycling, but I do all my cycling training in the basement. I don't I do it oh, really? all okay. yep all on the stationary bike. In fact, you know, here we are, uh, uh, just a few days from heading to France, and I haven't ridden my bike outside in almost two years. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, so I'll I'll shake down my bike outside. I've got a race bike. I've got a really nice bike. I've yeah. got all the carbon fiber stuff. Um, I just don't ride outside hardly at all. It's to me, it's like an unnecessary risk to go out and train by myself uh, yeah. outside. You know, I've fallen on a bike. I've gotten hit by a car before. Um, yeah, so I, it's for my real job. You, I don't. I don't need to. It's an unnecessary uh, risk. Okay, you got hit by a car. How did that? Yeah, it was in did, Daytona. Actually, it was uh, in 2014. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I just. I, I, I like I said. I love cycling, but I only do it in groups. I only do it with other people. I do all of my training by myself indoors. So. I use a stationary bike uh, in the basement. You've you've talked about the training. How far back do you focus in on this? Were you like okay, okay? How far back did you start focusing in on 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 this trip to France and this this contest this weekend? I've had this race on the calendar for probably nine months, and so I haven't really put the quality into training for this race that I have in in for mm-hmm. other races. And it's actually my first half Ironman that I've done in in a little while. So I'm kind of approaching it like uh maybe a re- rebirth for my love for triathlon and endurance, uh, yeah. but I'm I'm really enjoy I'm looking forward to going to France with my wife and and my parents. My dad's going to compete in the race with me because oh, nice. um, we train together yeah. and we race together in these these triathlons. Very, very neat. We're chatting with Landon Castle. Of course, he drives the Starcom Racing Chevrolet, the number double zero car. Um, so so you're going now, I, I guess this area of Vichy, France, is a spectacular, beautiful. So you're going to do a little sightseeing and, and, and hanging out when you're there as well? Yeah, I plan to. We're going we're, we're gonna to land in Paris, and uh, we're just going to spend, kind of be tourists for one day in Paris, stay the night, and then the next morning we're going to head to Vichy. And then I'll have about three days in Vichy. Uh, to prepare for the race, uh, you, you know, I'll bring a lot of equipment with me. I bring my own bike with me, yeah. bring all my own, you know, I'll have a bag and all my running shoes. And, and at these races, you have to set up your transitions, just like setting up your pit area on a NASCAR race. You, you, you know, you have the starting line and there's certain things that I take to the starting line with me. So I'll be in my wetsuit and I'll have my swim cap and my goggles okay. and I'll wear some sandals that I'll just end up throwing away, you know, cause you're going to the swim line and then you're just gonna throw them away yeah. and jump in the water. But I'll have a foam roller with me and things like that to get loosened up before the race starts. So I'll have a, about a 30 minute routine to get myself warmed up. And then you, when the race starts, you do the swim and right. you go to transition one when you come out of the swim. So, um, on the pre race days, I'll go to the transition and I'll set up a transition bag that has my bike helmet in it and I have all my race nutrition and things like that. And then my bike will be racked in sort of like a pit area, right? Where everybody's bikes are all at. And so you run into the transition, you grab your helmet, you grab your stuff, you have to put your helmet on and then you run to your bike, you de-rack it. I mean, and this is a rush, this is a hurry, you know, you're, you're on the clock. So anytime walking or anything like that is giving up time. And then you, you jump on your bike and 
start your ride and, and then I'll have all my nutrition on the bike because you have to take in calories and you have to stay mm -hmm. hydrated. I take in about 350 calories per hour um, during the race. And uh, if I have if I have any hunger pains or anything like that, I'll have like a clip bar or something like that just to kind of curb some hunger. Uh, but then I'll be on the bike for about anywhere from two and a half to three hours, depending on how fast oh. I am. And then transition two is is the bike to run. So you jump off the bike, you rack your bike, you change your bike shoes, um, put on the running shoes, shoes, put on a hat, you know, maybe grab some sunscreen, um, and it's all in a big rush and run to the finish line. And and the best part about these races, and and every race is a little bit different, but um, I did a race in Chicago. I did the the ITU Short Course World Championships in Chicago a few years ago. You run through the finish line. It's a big finish shoot, and and it was I mean it was short. It's short course, so it was a sprint triathlon. It's a it's like a third or a fourth of the distance yeah. of a half half Ironman, and you're all out the whole time, and your legs are on fire. Everything's on fire, and I run through the finish line. They had probably 25 baby pools filled with ice water. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the best finishing experience I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> After being out in the, it was 80 degrees and the hot sun and just lit my whole body on fire for an hour and, uh, and went straight through the finish line. They put the medal over your shoulder and I jumped in an ice bath in the baby oh, pool. That was great. Gosh. Well, we wish you the best. Thanks, thanks for coming you. in and sharing yeah, it with us. This is me. neat. Absolutely. Landon Castle, of course, he drives the Starcom Racing Chevrolet on the Monster Energy Tour. And, uh, yeah, Mike, um, I don't think you and I are likely to be doing what this guy is going to be doing this weekend in France. Thank you, Postman. We wish the best of luck to Landon and his dad this weekend. Coming up, Steve Latart and I will discuss where the cup drivers are with two races left before the playoffs begin. And later, we're already getting ready for Darlington with a throwback. Do you have a car, truck, boat, or other vehicle that's seen better days, but you're not sure what to do with it? Turn your clunker into a chunk of change in support of children's health care initiatives when you donate it to the NASCAR Foundation. It's simple and free. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to have your vehicle towed and auctioned off. You get a tax deduction and the NASCAR Foundation gets the proceeds. Put your vehicle to good use for the kids by donating it today. Call 844-NASCAR-9 today. That's 844-NASCAR-9. Looking towards the weekend? Aren't Thursdays a drag? Hours too. Get your weekly dose of nitro-fueled NHRA talk every Thursday on the Straight Line, presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Ralph Shaheen. Join Doug Herbert and myself as we talk with the biggest names, both past and present, to ever stomp down on the loud pedal. Top fuel, funny car, pro stock, motorcycles, you name it, we talk about it. Don't miss the Straight Line, Thursdays on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are heard. NBC's Steve Latart and I look at where the Cup Series drivers stand with two races to go in the regular season next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Here's your chance to win a set of your very own Hercules tires. Go to HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Simply register, and each month we'll give away one set of tires. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading mileage coverage to get you wherever you need to go, no matter where the road takes you. Register now for your chance to win a set of Hercules Tires at HerculesTires.com slash MRN. Hercules Tires, ride on our street. 
Check out MRN.com for a podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Here they come. They're crashing in the back at the line. Mike Skinner wins it. Some wild moments. Brendan Gaughan gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall. And the stories that go with them. We lost the championship, but there was a lot of ugly things that went on behind the scenes. Ended a lot of friendships, actually, to this day. Download the shows for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. Motor Racing Network presents Building Toward the Playoffs, presented by Procore. Stuart Haas driver Clint Boyer says it's frustrating to know your team is better than being on the bubble. Finishing to our capabilities, you know, yes. When I say we're not a 16th place team, we're not. We've shown our capabilities. We run in the top five, but the reality is we are right now. And it's because of, you know, lack of finishes, DNFs, and things like that, and not finishing to our capabilities. And, and that's what we gotta, we got to get ironed out. Whether you're a GC, a specialty contractor, or an owner, Procore's construction management software is built to help your team stay on budget, on schedule, and in control. No matter what you're building, Procore can help you finish ahead of the competition. Welcome back to NASCAR Live, coming off a racing weekend from Bristol and engaging in the final off weekend of the year for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Joining us in studio, NBC Sports Analyst Steve Latart. Stevie, welcome back to NASCAR Live. How are you? Hey, thanks for having me on. Always a good time. Coming into the final off weekend of 2019 for the Cup teams, let's start with those that perhaps need a recharge, need a refuel or a refocus. Who is number one on that list that in that offseason – need to get their ducks in a row here. Two races to go in the regular season before the playoffs begin. No one needs it more, and there's not a bigger name than Jimmy Johnson, the seven-time champion, 83 race wins. He's on his second crew chief of 2019, only the third crew chief of his career. And sometimes you just need to realize that you can try too hard, and I think that's what's happened with the 48. No one wants to miss the playoffs with Jimmy Johnson, including himself, but I really think this race team just needs, needs to take a deep breath and understand that they cannot prevent that by trying too hard. The only true prevention is to win or score enough points to guarantee a spot in the playoffs. I know that's easier said than done, but I think that's the team. When I look at anybody who needs an off weekend, it's the 48. Right now, they're 26 points beneath the cutoff line. They've got work to be done here at Darlington and Indianapolis before the playoffs begin. But that segues us to the Boyer-Suarez-Newman story that they seem to be working these positions around amongst themselves. Right now, Newman, 12 points in. Suarez now on the cutoff line. Boyer, two points below the cutoff line. In Darlington and Indianapolis, who of those three do you think that these tracks coming up play to their strengths? So I think unless someone goes out there and creates fireworks, I really like where Ryan Newman stands. I think that there's not a lot of expectation there. You don't ever talk to an analyst or a fan that says, well, Newman should have been in the playoffs. I think his switch from RCR to Roush Fenway, he's kind of driven that six car back into, I won't say contention for wins, but contention for stats, which I mean, you know, top five, top tens, leading laps, qualifying better. So I think he's a little off the radar, if you can believe it. And I think that off the radar really matches his blue collar kind of effort behind the wheel. And why I don't think he's going to go out and win stages or win a race to make the playoffs, I think he hangs around outside or just inside the top ten at both stage ends and he'll do the same in the race. So I think it's going to be up to Boyer, Scores, and Jimmy Johnson to go take the spot away from Ryan Newman. I don't think he's just going to fumble it. If one of those three drivers 
is to win a race in the next couple of weeks. Who do they have to get through? It's pretty congested at the top of the playoff grid with JGR drivers. You got Penske drivers up there, and you got a Hendrick driver, a couple of them, with Elliott and Bowman. As we go to Darlington and Indianapolis, who do you think stands to capitalize, and who among the three do you think can get up there, wrestle one away, and who do they get it from? So uh, you have Daniel Suarez, who has yet to win at the cup level, yet he's an Xfinity Series champion. I just don't think he has run up front enough in a cup race to have the experience. It's very different restarting on the front row or the second row or the third row. So I think his path to the playoffs is going to be consistency and running better than those other three and try to force him into a point situation. I actually think Jimmy Johnson's the most dangerous because at 21 points down, why I think perhaps he doesn't have the speed of the 14 of Clint Boyer or the 41 of Daniel Suarez, he is the most dangerous because he has the most margin to gain. And I think you take the off weekend to recharge. You let Cliff Daniels, his new crew chief, and Jimmy have a little time to have a conversation. And I think it's getting to the point where Jimmy knows it might take a win. And if they kind of go in there, you know, ears pinned back, ready to attack, why I haven't seen the speed out of the 48, we have seen him do so many things. You know, his nickname Superman for a reason. You never know. Maybe he'll come out of the phone booth in Indianapolis and win him another brickyard. We're talking about Darlington, Indianapolis coming up. That's the final two races of the regular season. Of course, off weekend this weekend. Then it's the Bojangles Southern 500. Before we let you go, what's it like crew chiefing a legendary race and a race that is so long? 367 laps on an ever-changing racetrack like Darlington. Well, 500 miles at Darlington is about like 1,200 at Charlotte. So take the 600 <laughs> and take a lot of ibuprofen because you're going to need it to get through the distance. The driver's going to be expected to run on the razor's edge a foot or two feet away from the wall in turns one and two. You can get away in three and four, run the bottom of the racetrack, but there's very few racetracks with such a small margin of error for such a distance. You know, you have to be good every week. But at Darlington, at any point, if you pick and choose your give and take wrong with traffic, if you pick and choose the time to attack, it's kind of a cliche, you know, race the racetrack, race the racetrack. Well, I'm going to tell you the racetrack is a competitor when you go to the, you know, Go down to Darlington for the Southern 500. The Lady in Black didn't get that nickname uh, because that racetrack is sweet on you. It got that nickname because it will reach out and it will bite you. And I expect the Lady in Black to have their beautiful red and white painted walls will be black with Goodyear tire rubber and the right sides of these race cars when the checker flag flies. As always, my friend, thanks for stopping by. You can watch the Bojangles Southern 500 on NBCSN. You can also hear it here on Motor Racing Network. Again, thanks for stopping by. We'll catch up soon. Enjoyed it, as always, Bagman. NBC Sports, Steve Letarte stopping by here and joining us on NASCAR Live. More coming up as we continue with our weekly get-together. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Hey, are you just going to stand there and let people not give you credit for being a good driver? You deserve discounts on car insurance, and that's what Snapshot from Progressive is for. So why aren't you signing up? You need music to get pumped? Hit it! Drum solo! Ow, that hurts my fingers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California, North Carolina, or from all agents. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. 
Darlington Throwback Weekend is right around the corner. We'll give you a refresher on the early 90s era that'll be highlighted next weekend. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. It wasn't just built to be a museum. It was built to be a shrine to the history, heritage, and future of the sport we love. Visit the NASCAR Hall of Fame and see how Petty, Earnhardt, and hundreds of other NASCAR legends became heroes. Watch their most electrifying moments, experience realistic racing simulators, and much more. Plan a trip to the NASCAR Hall of Fame in Charlotte. Tickets at NASCARHall.com. NASCAR Hall of Fame. This is our sport. This is our house. 2019 is the Motor Racing Network's 50th year, and things are about to get a lot louder. I'm Woody Kane. The NASCAR season is revving its engine, and MRN's two biggest loudspeakers are back. When race spotter Joey Meyer and I bring you the latest news, results, and headlines every Monday on MRN Out Loud. Crank it up. Mondays on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are heard. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue on this week's NASCAR Live. So glad you're spending time with us here on the Motor Racing Network. Next week, the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series heads to Darlington Raceway and continues the tradition of the throwback weekend. We decided to prepare for all the throwbacks with a look at the time frame the paint schemes will come from and what the early 90s sounded like at Darlington. The Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series will clash in the annual Labor Day Weekend Classic, the Bojangles Southern 500 at Darlington Raceway. The iconic 500-mile stock car race is an appropriate backdrop for NASCAR Nation to celebrate traditions of yesteryear, and the teams have responded, transporting fans to a Darlington of old with creative throwback paint schemes. This year, the spotlight falls on the early portion of NASCAR's incredible growth decade, 1990 to 1994. The five races in that time bracket produced not only an interesting array of storylines, but some of the best racing in Southern 500 history. When the 80s came to a close, Dale Earnhardt was at the top of his game. As the 1990 season unfolded, the Intimidator garnered nine wins in a fourth NASCAR Cup Series championship. On the way to the title, Earnhardt captured one of the most significant victories of the year, starting from the pole, leading 99 laps, and holding off Ernie Irvin by four seconds to win the Southern 500. White flag in hand, Doyle Ford all set to put it on Dale Earnhardt for one final circuit around this racetrack, and the crowd is on their feet as Dale Earnhardt takes the white flag, heads back for turn number one for the final time on his way to a victory in the Heinz Southern 500. One of his bigger paydays coming up as Dale Earnhardt for the last time comes through turn one, off turn two, and onto the back straightaway. No lap traffic to deal with. Here is the fans start to cheer. Just over half a mile from the checkered flag in the Heinz Southern 500, Earnhardt flashes by to the entrance of turn number three, very carefully points the car down to the bottom of the racetrack. He's on his way off the corner. In a remarkable record of success, Dale Earnhardt is about to win the sixth of the last ten Winston Cup races here at Darlington. Checkered flag for the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet. Handsome Harry Gant was a spry 51-year-old in 1991, but no one would have ever expected him to roll out four wins in a row in a September streak that began with victory at Darlington and earned him the nickname Mr. September. As the final laps wind down, only three cars are being shown on the lead lap here at Darlington. Here's Gant, white flag as he flashes across the start-finish line for one more time around this race 
racetrack. He's in turn one. No lap traffic will come into play for Harry Gantle this final lap as he brings it one final time up to the high side of turns one and two. Drops back down midway the racetrack and hits this back straight away to a cheering fan. Fans on their feet waving their caps and seat cushions as Gant flashes by for the final time. He's into turn number three. Steps on the button again. Begins to power his way off of four and down to the checkered flag. He won the Winston Million at Talladega. He will add $100,000 more as his part of the Winston Million after winning at Talladega earlier this season. Harry Gant takes the checkered flag here in the Heinz Southern 500. Mother Nature played a significant role in the 1992 edition of the 500. The track too tough to tame was about to become too slick to drive. So Daryl Waltrip stayed on track while others pitted for fuel. The gamble paid off as the rain fell, bringing out the caution and checkered flags on lap 296. It was DW's only Southern 500 victory and his final Cup Series win. Caution is on the speedway and it is for rain. It is for rain and turns one and two. We told you that rain was closing in from that end of the speedway. The umbrellas are popping up at that end of the track where Joel Moore is positioned. We saw someone or two doing a little rain dance there in the Western Auto pit area. I couldn't quite identify which crew member it was, but uh, <laughs> somebody's throwing some fluid in the air there in the pit lane, hoping to promote even more rain because Daryl Waltrip has stayed out there along with uh, some others to try and outweigh this rain. Well, we have just gotten the word that unfortunately the weather conditions are not going to allow this race to be resumed, Barney. NASCAR has just made the decision that with the rain still falling and the scheduled sunset hour, NASCAR has now declared the Mountain Dew Southern 500 an official race, but those numbers don't mean a thing to Darrell Waltrip. He's got the number he wants. Victory Lane is next. Yeah, you know, I have to let them make those kinds of decisions. They're in the pit. They're calculating the mileage. They know what we can do, about how far we could go. And we could go about four more laps under green, and uh, we felt like we could probably ride around for maybe 10 more laps under caution. So we were in pretty good shape. You won a lot of races. You won any under the rain like this before you? Yeah, a couple, but uh, not near, one near as big as this one. That's our third win this year, our second, you know, two in a row, and uh, I'm pretty excited. Mark Martin was on a hot streak prior to the 1993 Southern 500, winning the previous three races at Watkins Glen, Michigan, and Bristol. With raucous springtime weather in the area, the green finally flew three hours late, with the checkers falling 16 laps early as darkness blanketed South Carolina. As the sun settled into the west, a dominant Mark Martin held off Brett Bodine in the fading light to win his fourth in a row. Mark Martin riding an unbelievable winning streak, trying to make another one here this afternoon. White flag for him as Brett Bodine tries to chase him down. He's got one final try at it as they go to turn one. Abilene Ford enters turn one, already coming up to the banking into turn number two, leading the way with plenty of separation between himself and the second place car of Brett Bodine. By far the dominant car all day. Mark Martin half a lap from victory lane. Now one more time to turn number three. Martin hangs the hard left turn, gets back on the throttle. He's on his way off of turn four with the checkers in sight. He has waited all day after a three-hour rain delay at 7.30 Eastern time in the evening. Mark Martin makes it four wins in a row. Mark Martin appeared to be on the way to another Southern 500 victory in 1994. With 26 laps to go, engine trouble knocked the veteran out of contention, sending his Jack Roush prepared Ford to the garage. Back up front, Bill Elliott worked over Dale Earnhardt. Passing for the lead with 13 laps to go, ending a 52-race losing streak 
and bringing home the last win for car owner Junior Johnson. Bill Elliott coming out of turn number four and the caps start waving in the grandstand as he comes by, takes the white flag and whistles down to turn number one for the final time. Let's follow him around here at Darlington. Once again, Bill Elliott not pushing the issue, just taking it easy. Again, a little wisp of smoke out of the back of the Budweiser Ford as he makes his way gingerly through turn two and onto the back stretch for the final time. Elliott halfway down the back straightaway, half a lap from victory lane now as the fans wave and cheer. He enters turn number three, running about 10, 15 car lengths behind Terry Labonte, the lap car. Elliott works his way cleanly off of turn number four. It's been 52 races since November of 1992. It's been a long dry spell, but Bill Elliott is back in a NASCAR Winston Cup victory lane, and man, the emotions just bubbling over in that Budweiser pit area for Mike Beam and the crew. History will be made again this Labor Day weekend at Darlington Raceway. Live coverage kicks off Sunday, September 1st at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Motor Racing Network. Oh, we're so excited to see what some of the paint schemes are going to look like from that era. You can see all of those paint schemes as we get closer to the Bojangles Southern 500. You can see them at MRN.com. Coming up, we've got some NASCAR history for you and a new Jeff Gordon podcast episode. G'day, America. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. That's right. Outback Delivery is here. Now you can enjoy all your Outback favourites anywhere. Our signature centre-cut sirloin at home. It's here. Or game-day party platters with kookaburra wings that'll have both teams cheering. It's here. Or steak and lobster for a date night at home. It's here. Head over to Outback.com and place your orders because Outback delivery is here. Outback Steakhouse. Aussie rules. Delivery availability varies. Delivery charge may apply. Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Shane Meal trying to drive away. I can't do everything, but I could do anything and everything I wanted before I got injured. So, Just like many of the great podcasts going, we invite racers in to talk, and they tell us their life story. And it's how I feel that matters. It's the Rip the Fence podcast, available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. About to head to the house for this week's edition of NASCAR Live. Before we do, we have a brand new podcast. It's called MRN Presents Jeff Gordon, The Colorful Career of the Rainbow Warrior. This week, we'll take a look at the final years Jeff raced and his decision to retire. Jeff Gordon, once again, King of the Hill in Dover, Delaware. I talked him into another year. <laughs> I think I talked him into... One or more years when he came, he said, hey, I really think, I really think it's time. And I'd say, man, let's do it. one more year. Well, it was the first time I started thinking about retirement. Um, you know, I started, for years, I was, I was trying to do exercises and stretches and, and you go to a doctor to try to understand it and getting different scans done and looking at my, my discs. And, and just I, I just kept continued to get this spasm in my lower left lumbar uh, in in the car, especially places like Martinsville where heavy braking. Jeff Gordon headed for checkered flag out of turn four. Would he win again? The answer is yes. He'll win at Martinsville. And I I don't I don't even know if the Brickyard 494 tops that one just because of the significance of it, the timing of it energy of the crowd how close you are to the to those fans to win here at martinsville in front of this crowd that stuck around <laughs> i think you got a few fans nobody has left I, I i tell you there's there's no greater feeling for a race car driver than to pull up to victory lane 
or just checkered flag or, or, or finish line and have that kind of, uh, of, of reaction from the crowd, that reaction from my team, and to have my family come up, this is unbelievable. This is, I, I really, I feel like I'm dreaming right now. I'm afraid I'm going to wake up and this is not going to be true. That's a preview of the latest podcast episode in MRN Presents, Jeff Gordon. The colorful career of the Rainbow Warrior. It's available everywhere you listen to podcasts. All right, it's that time of the week for some NASCAR history, and Susie Armstrong is here with it. Susie? Thanks, Mike. This week, we start our journey through time in 1978. Donna Summer turned a modest acting debut into Radio Gold with the Thank God It's Friday soundtrack, Last Dance. Pope John Paul I unwittingly set the record for the shortest reign in papal history, occupying the top post in Vatican City for only 33 days before passing away. ABC ruled primetime TV with quirky sitcoms, Laverne and Shirley, Mork and Mindy, and Three's Company. And David Pearson was in tough company, executing a last lap pass on Daryl Waltrip to win the champion Spark Plug 400 at Michigan International Speedway. to turn two. It is Darrell Waltrip. Here comes Pearson. Pearson on the inside. He's alongside Waltrip. Door handle to door handle. David Pearson will lead them to turn three. Midway down the back straightaway. David Pearson with an advantage. Darrell Waltrip running second. Kale running third. Now into turn number three. Everybody goes way down low. They trip toward the middle groove. Darrell Waltrip looks to go high. Try to make a move on David Pearson. Now Kale Yarbrough coming down low to the line. Out of the number four corner to the stripe, it will be David Pearson, the winner. Cale Yarbrough gets around Walker and the start finish line by just inches. 1995, the Rembrandts became acquainted with adult contemporary radio's top billing, rising to number one with I'll Be There For You, while NBC enjoyed top ratings from the theme song's namesake sitcom, Friends. Microsoft debuted the much-anticipated next-generation operating system, Windows 95. Mike Tyson returns to pro boxing, pummeling Peter McNeely to the ground twice in the first 89 seconds, forcing officials to call the fight. And Bobby Labonte reemerges in the Irish Hills, winning the GM Goodwrench Dealers 400 and completing the 1995 Michigan Sweep. of the backstretch and two more turns. All that Bobby Labonte needs out of that Chevrolet now. Here he comes into turn number three. He swings it down through the middle groove of the banking, takes it over to turn four. It's Bobby Labonte on the lead. Meanwhile, Bill Elliott has apparently run out of fuel in the back straightaway. Elliott has apparently run out of fuel and is being pushed in by Ted Musgrave, which on the last lap is not legal. But Bobby Labonte comes to the stripe, and for the third time this year, he'll win on the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. 2007, Keith Urban speaks of love and pain on country radio with I Told You So. Hurricane Dean causes its share of heartache as the Cat 5 storm makes landfall on the shores of Mexico. Atlanta Falcons quarterback Michael Vick whips up a moral tempest as he pleads guilty to animal cruelty charges. And Kurt Busch waited patiently for a massive weather system to clear, leading 92 laps on a Tuesday afternoon to win the 3M Performance 400 at Michigan. Kurt 
Marsh coming in strong in the second half of today's race as he has in the second half of the season, winning at Pocono and today winning here at Michigan International Speedway. And those are just some of the events from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. We have reached the end of the show, and what a great one it's been. We'd like to thank Landon Castle for joining us. Also, our thanks to David Reagan and Steve Letarte for joining us. For the rest of the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you for being with us as well. We'll catch up with you right here next week on NASCAR Live. Until then, enjoy road course racing in Wisconsin and Canada. And so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse and by Hercules Tires right on our string. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbrin. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F.com.